Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. your girl D. Scott, and it is Tell the Truth Tuesday, and as per usual, um, I am going to tell the truth. So, you know, part of the reason that I do this show is because it's my own um, way of connecting with the community, connecting with some of you, and just being able to speak my truth in a different form, because I, I feel like Facebook and Instagram and all those places sometimes are a little bit too messy. So tonight's show is my usual Tell the Truth Tuesday. I will be discussing the speech Jesse Williams gave um, at the BET Awards, and I understand why a lot of black men are angry. Um, It seemed as if we as women saw all we saw in that speech were his blue eyes. And then I read a ton of women's posts concerning his speech, and it didn't make me want to hear it at all. So I actually watched it last night in its entirety. And it was underwhelming um, by the quotes that everyone was posting because there are 10 million other things that they could have quoted. And the only quote that I kept seeing regurgitated was, just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. That's great. That's great to put on a T-shirt. But the core of what he was saying was completely, like, went over some people's head. And this angered me a bit um, because the man brought up several valid points that I'm going to touch on. And it was a speech only a thespian could have written. And I will also tell you what I saw in him when I saw him speak. And there's a reason he's a trained actor. So if you're not familiar, Jesse Williams is – He's an activist, and what a lot of people don't know is he's been an activist for a very long time. Him, John Legend, Debbie Allard, you know, these are all people that have been doing this for a very long time. You know, I just posted the other day on my Instagram about Marshawn Lynch opening up schools in Haiti, and then, you know, LeBron James has given, I think, something 41 or $42 million to college kids so that they can go to college for free. So these are just things, like I always tell you that charity starts at home. Shout out to my boy Glenn, who um, rode for Ride for Roswell for Team Zero Fucks, F-U-X. Um, the images of his shirt, he did not finish the ride. I think it was like a 30-mile ride. You can 
can choose to do however many you want, but he did make sure that he raised a very decent amount of money, and I made sure that the team had what they needed to um, complete, you know, to, to wear my stuff. So at Sunday Night's BET Award, Jesse Williams delivered one of the wokest. And when we say wokest, it means conscious, right? Because there are those of us who are conscious about what's going on, and then there's those of us that are just talking about the shit. So um, I, I'm going to tell you that right now watching it, first of all, I watched his actions prior to him getting on stage. And he was angry. And I know that face because it's the face that I have when I have to speak or when I have to fuck somebody up verbally or, or, or verbally assassinate someone and I'm about to go the fuck off. So he gets on stage and his posture is very different. So if you watch it, I'm going to actually read you the speech and break it down for you, just like we did Lemonade. I think personally this is one of the best speeches that I've heard since Malcolm X, since Martin Luther King, and, I, and I'm not just saying that. Like if I read this and didn't even know who wrote it, I would think the same thing. From the moment that he mentioned the strange fruit, which you guys may not understand that that's actually a song, and, and it's, you know, this tree bears strange fruit, and basically it was talking about hanging our ancestors. So if that's not a quote that you were going to pull out of his speech, then I don't know what speech that you watched. So I'm going to read to you, and then I'm going to explain to you little by little why this was such an impactful and powerful speech and why I don't want to hear about why he's a racist piece of shit when his mother's white, very white, and his father's black. Um, And I think a lot of black men were upset because women were looking at it like, yes, babe, preach, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, Is it any different than when these light-skinned women with the – the, you know, the curly hair or whatever it is they have in the green eyes or the contacts, say something and you dote over there every fucking word? No, it's no different, except this guy's actually saying something. So he says, thank you, Deborah. Thank you, BET. Thank you, Nate Parker and Debbie Allen for participating in that. Before we get into it, I just want to say that, you know, I brought my parents out. I just want to thank them for being here, for teaching me to focus on comprehension over career. They made sure I learned what the schools were afraid to teach us. Right. What he means by that is that to be of color in the American education system is to have a history of your people relegated to one month or a couple of chapters in history books. And those history books don't always tell the whole story. After the mother of a Texas high schooler complained about her son's geography textbook, sanitized slavery by calling capturing Africans immigrants and workers, educated publisher, okay, educational publisher McGraw-Hill, so that it would revise its language. Okay, so they downplay slavery as a cause of civil war and barely address segregation in the Jim Crow era South. But it's not just a Texas thing. Okay, so that's what he means by saying, you know, my parents were not afraid to teach me what the schools, you know, were. And I always tell people that if your kids are going to school and that's the only education that they get, then they are you are a piss poor parent. So he said, and I also want to thank my amazing wife for changing my life. Now, this award, this is not for me. This is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, the struggling parents, the families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. All right? It's kind of basic mathematics. Now, I watched this show with Saladin, who is, you know, that's like my brother, and he's, you know, he's 5%. And so when you start using that kind of language, it, it – it lends, you know, um, belief that 
you are extremely con- conscious. And only a writer would be able to put this in, in, in eloquence the way he did, where he says, a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. I have told y'all a year ago that I get tired of seeing all these things happen and nothing happens. Black men are not standing up. Black women are not standing up. You know, and I'm going to get to what he was talking about with Sandra Bland, which, you know, sent that really, like like I said, I, I'm disappointed in a lot of the black women that reposted it without quoting some of the best parts of the speech just to reduce it to that last quote. So then he says, the more we learn about who we are and how we got here, the more we will mobilize. Now, this is also in particular for the black women, in particular, who have spent their lifetimes dedicated to nurturing everyone before themselves. We can and we will do better for you. He's acknowledging us, right? So he's saying, like, I know that I'm married to my black wife and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I see where there is a disconnect. I've been telling y'all this for years. He says, now, and, and you have to understand the way that he's speaking, that level of agitation where he has to keep stopping himself saying now and let me say this, you know, and this, this, and this, like, These are his triggers. He is trying to hold back this anger. So he says, now, what we've been doing is looking at the data, and we know that police somehow managed to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's going to happen is we're going to have equal rights and and justice in our country, or we will restructure their function and ours, right? Now, I got more, y'all. Yesterday would have been young Tamir Rice's 14th birthday, so I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric, tell that to Eric Garner, tell that to Sandra Bland, tell that to Darian Hunt. The thing is, though, all of us in here get money, right? That alone isn't going to stop this. Dedicating our lives, dedicating our lives to getting money, just to give it right back for somebody's brand on our body when we spent centuries playing with our brands on our bodies. I'm going to say that again. We spent centuries praying with brands on our bodies. Do you not remember when, when, when everybody didn't want to watch Roots because it's just so graphic and they would actually brand their slaves? That's the sound it made when it touched the skin. And now we pray to get paid for brands on our bodies. Okay. There has been no war that we have not fought and died on the front lines of. There has been no job we haven't done. There's no tax they haven't levied against us, and we've paid all of them. But freedom is somehow always conditional here. You're free, they keep telling us. But she would have been alive if she hadn't acted so free. Freedom is always coming in, in, in the hereafter. But you know what, though? The hereafter is a hustle. We want it now. And let's let, let, let get a couple of things straight, just a little side note. The burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. That's not our job, all right? Stop with all that. If you have a critique for the resistance, for our resistance, then you'd better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest, if you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then do not make suggestions to those who do. Sit down. 
We've been floating this country on credit for centuries, yo, and we're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment, like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. Now, there goes that very famous Billie Holiday song. And if you don't know what strange fruit is, please just Google it. You Google every goddamn thing else, okay? So let me get back. And the thing is, though, the thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real, okay? Now, that was his speech in entirety. You you mean to tell me that your attention span was that short, that all you got out of it was the last sentence where it says just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real? Come on now. There there was there was a lot of stuff in here. You know, do you guys even know who Rakia Boyd is? You know, because if you don't, you might want to know. Rakia Boyd was fatally shot by an off-duty Chicago detective on March 21, 2012, as she stood in an alley with a group of friends. A man in the group exchanged words with the, detec- with the detective who fired five shots, hitting Boyd in the back of her head. The detective said the man had a gun. He didn't. He had a cell phone. Boyd was 22 years old, okay? If you don't remember who Tamir Rice was, right? Tamir Rice was the one that got shot in the park, right? They said they're, they're, he would have been 14. If you don't remember who Eric Garner is, right? Do you remember who Eric Garner is? Because we always forget. We always post these stats and say we're so outraged and then nothing happens. Eric Garner died on July 17, 2014 in Staten Island, New York, after being placed in a chokehold. He was being arrested on suspicion of selling untaxed cigarettes. In a video of the incident, Garner can be heard repeatedly saying, I can't breathe. So remember when everybody was wearing all those T-shirts, I can't breathe, things like that? As he is wrestled to the ground, he died at the scene. So you'll wear it, but then what did you do about it, right? And let's talk about Sandra Bland because everybody seems to be in uproar about the orange is the new black. And um, there, and I don't even watch the show, but I do respect good writing. And what I understood to be the reason that they killed that person in there was to bring awareness to the Sandra Bland situation. So they made several references between – Um, the Mike Brown case that was down there in St. Louis between the Sandra Bland case and all these certain things that are going on in America right now, and they put that in Orange is the New Black to use that as a platform to be able to speak out about injustices and about police brutality and abuse of authority. Let's be clear. It's not just white cops. Okay, the Eric Gardner situation, there were black cops that were there that got indicted, if I'm not mistaken, too. And the funny thing about it is when they indicted the cops, this I do remember, um, they put the black cops on trial first. Right. So whatever sentence that they give to them. Right. Whatever comes after that would be much lenient, you know, much more lenient. Okay, we never hear about Eric Garner anymore. So let's talk about Sandra Bland. She was pulled over near Texas Prairie View A&M University on July 10th for failing to properly signal a lane change. After a heated argument captured on a dashboard cam, the officer arrested Bland, 28, on allegations of assaulting a public servant. After three days in Waller County Jail, she was found hanging in her cell. Now, this is a young lady that 
you know, was posting, she was a blogger, she was posting all these things, telling people stay woke, you know, all these things. And it's almost as if her death, you know, was just, it, 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 it was surreal because that could have been any of us talking back or just being like, oh, why you pull me over, blah, 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 you know, it could have been any of us, okay? Now, if you don't know who Darian Hunt is, he died on September 10th, 2014, after being shot at seven times by two Saratoga Springs, Utah officers who responded to a report that he had been walking in public with a three-foot samurai sword. The officers and Hunt talked before Hunt lunged at them with the sword, officials said. Hunt was fatally shot in the back while running away. He was 22. Okay. These are just a couple of people. And it's not just about the police. It's, you know, we have millions, you know, thousands of people that are dying in Chicago at our own hands. But look at how we treat each other, and that's why we as a people, they don't take us seriously, right? They don't take us seriously because it's like, look, they don't value life. They don't take care of their children, you know, they don't value life. They don't even love their women. You know, they don't value life. They don't stick up for their women or their children. The cop that sat on the girl last year at the pool party, well, I watched as a black man stood there, right? He was not brought up on any charges. Everything was dropped. Okay. And it always brings me back to one of the most emotional movies I've ever seen. It was, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was Mississippi Burning. And it was where uh, Samuel L. Jackson, If I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, Samuel L. Jackson had the line where he says, yeah, I hope they die and I hope they burn in hell for raping his little, I believe she was 10 or 11-year-old daughter. They dismembered her. They raped her. They urinated on her. They, you know, they beat her to death. They drug her behind a truck, you know, and raped her, you know, walking home from school, I believe. And I remember in the end, um, Matthew McConaughey was able to win the case based upon the fact that he said, now imagine all these things. Imagine someone urinating on her. Imagine them beating her. Close your eyes. Imagine all these things. And now imagine if she was white. And I'm going to tell you something, the the people that I know, and, and trust me, I'm no racist by any means, but the white people that I know, they don't care. You do something like that to their child, their child don't come home from school, it's fucking war. And I don't know what it is about the black man that you will go and you will shoot your brother, but you won't go and shoot somebody that's doing something to your kid. You know, and I'm talking about a pedophile, I'm talking about anybody, black, white, and different, right? There would be, there wouldn't have been a fucking trial. You sat on my daughter, like, our, our, you know, and I don't even have a daughter. You understand what I'm saying? And so we don't protect our own. And then there's this false sense of, you know, authority that sometimes these police officers have. And I have family that's in law enforcement, and I would pray that they would never get caught up in no shit like that. I really would. But I feel like, you know, we as as, as black people, we just are at a very big disconnect right now. And we are part of the problem. And so that's why it's so difficult for people to respect us because we don't respect ourselves. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. It's called A Time to Kill. Thank you, Prolific. It's called A Time to Kill is the Sam Jackson movie you're referencing. And so what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, in that movie, he he comes in in the end and he shoots everybody. And to me, and I know that sounds sick, that is a natural reaction and the white people that i know that's what they would have fucking done if it was their kid you understand what i'm saying 
if it was their kid that was getting sat on at a pool party, if it was their kid that got fucking killed for having a, a BB gun at a park, if it was, you know, if it was any of this shit, they would be ready to fucking riot. Look at what they're doing on Twitter over a fucking speech. I saw today some of the most racist shit. If you actually go on Facebook and see the trending with Jesse Williams and you read through some of the stuff, because this is what I do. You know, we're in media, we're in a media age, I'm a writer, I'm a reader, I'm a journalist, I, I do all these things. And I was reading where one guy, white guy, says, you know what, I called State Farm today and canceled my insurance policy because State Farm gave a racist a award for being a humanitarian, so on and so forth. But what's funny is, is that you won't accept Jesse Williams, but we're supposed to accept Donald Trump. I'm going to give you all a minute to think about that. Hmm. After everything that man has said about immigration and married two immigrants, by the way, not one but two, after everything that uh, he's the biggest hypocrite ever. Now, I don't care what you do, fucking politics. They're all dirty. It's just one, you know, it's the lesser of two evils. However, what I will say is that you guys will sit there and allow these things to happen at Trump rallies, right? The white people not having it. They going to court. They going to jail. They beating the fuck out of everybody right back, right? But you would allow them to do that, and then we don't assemble any type of, you know what I'm saying, a group of people that are going to say this isn't going to fucking happen. You know, there needs to be a million-man march assembled within 2.5 seconds anytime, anytime a Mike Brown situation happens, anytime a Tamir Rice situation happens, anytime. You know something else? I got some more information, too, that was a little discerning. And that's what I meant today when I made the post on Instagram where I said, you know, we have all this, you know, we worried about a no conviction rate, and it's because you have no conviction. So let me read you a list that makes me sick. And I mentioned some of these names. Trayvon Martin, no conviction. Sandra Bland, no conviction. Katherine Johnston, no conviction. Sean Bell, no conviction. Eric Garner, no conviction. Amadou Diallo, no conviction. Mike Brown, no conviction. Kimani Gray, no conviction. Kenneth Chamberlain, no conviction. Tavares McGill, no conviction. Tamir Rice, no conviction. Ayanna Stanley Jones, no conviction. Freddie Gray, no conviction. Okay? We're just going back to 2013, 2014. We're only in 2016 right now. So what I posted today on Facebook, and again, I don't like to get too political. That's not my area of expertise. But what I will say is what I, and I'll regurgitate what the fuck I said. So tell the truth Tuesday. And um, I said I'm not going to comment what I think of the Jesse Williams speech because if you know me, then you know what I think. I thought it was phenomenal. What I am going to say is that we are a nation of hatred. And I said I will discuss it on my blog talk radio show tonight. And I said, only a black man that was hateful would point out that Jesse's mother is white and father is black. That is correct. But is he any less black than you? Because last I checked, it was just one drop. That's all we needed, right? Didn't matter if we was a house nigga or a field nigga, you're still a nigga. And that's where that, that rant from me comes from. Doesn't matter if you're a house nigga or a field nigga, you're still a nigga. You could get killed today waking up a slave just like anybody else. So that is correct. Is he any less black than you? And what I find profound was his choice of wife sitting next to him. And some of you aren't even married yet hate the man because of his speech and his eye color. And I said, I then read where some people thought his speech was racist. Those people opted to drop their state farm insurance because the award was sponsored by them, 
good for you. Now you know how we feel when y'all glorify Trump. It is not racist to love and to want to uplift your people. It is racist to oppress or knowingly seek to be superior to other people. Okay? It is not racist to seek to want to be the best person that you can be, especially since nobody signed up for the fucking Carnival Slave Cruise to get here. Nobody asked the natives for a piece of land. Some of your ancestors just came over here and just tried to take it. So black men, when you love black women as much as you covet other masses of women, we will listen to what you have to say. And so far last year's with all so far these last years with all the no conviction, and that's what I was talking about, going on in the murder of our own people, you have also shown no conviction. You will speak ill of Drake, who also has a white mother, yet I never saw Drake date anything but beautiful, full-bodied black women, American women at that, and he's Canadian. So if them having a white mother makes them love black women and respect all women, please refrain from talking, because that's, some all of you, so that's, that's something that all of you seem to ever do is just talk. Jesse is a man that has been doing, and you hate him because he has blue eyes. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? You know, I grew up in Niagara Falls. Okay, New York. And I remember, you know, and it, it's not a black-white issue to me because I've never felt less than fucking fabulous, but it, it's a slap in the face when you look at people. Because one thing about me, I can't be white. That's just not what I, I, there's nothing I can do. Okay? I'm not going to put on a fucking blonde wig. I dyed my hair blonde because that's what the fuck I felt like doing on a Tuesday six years ago. I dyed it black. And I have gray. If you've noticed anything on my Instagram, at miss.d.scott, you'll notice I have, like, full gray in the front. So the blonde actually covers that. It's an old trick that was actually taught to me by a white woman. So trust me, I have white friends. And when I say I have white friends, I ain't talking about, like, you know, the kind that you say, like, you know, no, I would eat the potato salad white friends. So for me... You know, growing up in this area, and we have Canada so close, there was always some chick that was coming over. And I remember there used to be like a surge. It was almost like a fucking surge of white women that would come over and, you know, date quote unquote our men. And then as I got older, I started realizing like, these ain't my fucking men. These are not my peers. These are not men that I want to date anyway. So why the fuck would I care if you date white, black, or indifferent? But just don't ever say that what you're dating because it's different is better than what you are. Because when you do that, you give these women the false fucking idea that they can talk to people like they're crazy. You're not black. I will fuck you up for some shit that happened to an ancestor in 1786. Don't ever, I don't let nobody black talk to me like that. And some of these women have got this bright idea that they can talk to you like they're crazy. And it's not just white women, it's younger women as well. There is no respect for the black woman, period. Not by younger generation black girls, not by black men, not by anybody. So then you, you, you always ask why we're angry. And it's so funny because people always say to me, like, you know, the, the angry shit gets old. And the first thing they always accuse me of is being angry. Motherfucker, I ain't angry. I don't give a fuck about you. I'm angry at ignorance. And so when you have a situation where people are being ignorant and it's nothing you can do. It's like it's like handing someone a book and they're like, I can't read English. You're like, fuck, the answer is right here. The answer is right here. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and gone are the days where you can say, you know, if he love his mama, he's going to love you too. No, not really. He might be using his mama as a fucking emotional crutch. You know, he may not have matured to a level to learn how to love his mother, or he may never have seen anybody love his mother enough 
to show him what it looks like to love a woman. Right. And that's my issue that I'm having as a black woman right now is saying, you know, I want to protect my son and guard my son from all these things in the world. But he needs his father. You know, he needs his father. That that hands down little girls and little boys need their father. There's just certain shit I can't teach my son. And at the same time, if I'm going to date, which I, you know, I spoke about that in a laughing matter yesterday, it has to be in a situation where it's like not not just the man bringing something to the table. Like, what are you going to be able to teach my son? His father is 2,000 miles away. You'll never take his place. However, what is it that you can teach him besides what it looks like to love his mother, right? I don't need you to really do much of anything else. I just need you to be who the fuck you say you are, you know, mistakes and all. So for me, it's like anything that causes me drama or anything that causes me stress, and the black community right now is causing me great stress because here we have all these programs, and, I, you know, I go to the auctions and things like that. And on the very website, it's just it makes me sick, on the very website where you can look and look up abandoned buildings and buildings that are city-owned that you can purchase from the city, you put your bid in. It takes, you know, probably three, four months, sometimes up to six months because it goes in front of city council. But as long as you put a bid in, all they can do is send you a letter, counter the, the you know, what you offered, and then it's your house. You pay the taxes on it, whatever, and then you start renovation. In certain areas of my city, they're giving grants for that. I don't qualify for certain grants, but in certain, like for my business, I will qualify for something where I would be able to remodel and do a building so I want both um, something's happening in my city where people are coming from all over the world buying up properties and so in a minute we're going to have a Brooklyn situation on our hands we're going to have a fucking Compton you know Long Beach situation on our hands where we're forced out of our own neighborhoods you know by people that are coming and saying wait a minute this property is how much Hell yeah. You know what I mean? And so if you've never, you know, my girlfriend Kendra and I were talking about this today. You know, Niagara Falls is a great place to live if you have left and come back. If you left and came back, then you know what the cost of living is here and what you need to do and just, you know, you're buckled down. And really because of the the house pricing here, we don't really buy homes like to flip them in the way that you would see in Florida. So here I am on this website looking up homes, and right above that I see a paragraph that's talking about leased housing. So I go and look at the property value of these houses where they've tore down, you know, abandoned or demolished homes, right? They've tore them down and put up three and $400,000. Those apartments that you people see when that, you know, that are over there where Jordan Gardens is, this is an area where I live, um, when I ride there, it looks so pretty, but it also to me looks like a fucking concentration camp. So it brings me back to when Nas was on Illmatic um, in his documentary where he talked, you know, he broke down the entire reasoning for projects. And they originally were not made for black people. You know, they weren't. They were made for people that were of lower income. You know what I'm saying? That while the husbands were at war, the, the women and the children had a place to live and so on and so forth. So then you get into the Cabrini Greens and you get into what was going on in Queensbridge and Brooklyn. So you see all these people on top of each other. And then when you look at the aerial view of the projects, to me, it looks like a fucking concentration camp. It is no, it's, it's Auschwitz because it's like people go there to die. That that That's what it looks like to me. And so... When I ride through there, some people are just very happy that this is their neighborhood and and, and they want to take care of it. But it's like for X amount of dollars, I don't care if you're paying $20 a month. It's $20 a month for something that you won't own. 
you know, when there have been auctions, we have talked about this. You know, Seth Piccarillo is very big in trying to make sure that people know what's available in the city to buy. And I put this information out there all the time. At any time, anybody can email me. Anybody can shoot me an email via my website, www.stayinyourlane123.com, and I'll give you the website, you know, to go and look it up on your own. But unfortunately, we would rather take the easy route. We would rather have this pack mentality, and that is the shit that pisses me off. Because it's like you'll get mad at white people for coming in and, quote, unquote, gentrifying the area. Why are you mad at them for coming in and putting a Whole Foods in when you could have did it yourself or when you could have said, you know what, I'm going to buy this plot of land and make it a farmer's market? you know, Or you know what, I'm going to buy this building and fucking fix it the way I want to fix it, and then what? You know, we have people that have come in and bought up our entire Main Street. Guy bought a building for a dollar. Literally, I can't make this shit up, and is now selling it for $5 million. And you wonder why they get rich, and we don't, because we want to live in leased housing. You understand what I'm saying? Income-restricted leased housing. Listen, whatever you need from the city, you take it. Whatever you need, you take it. People fall upon hard times. But they were not intended for us to be living on top of each other in concentration camp style. And so now you have somebody, and then I saw somebody posted like, oh, when did the black family deteriorate? When people had to get on welfare and then when the man wasn't allowed to live in the house. But why are you fucking allowing that? When you have your own home, nobody can tell you who the fuck can come in and out of your house. It's your fucking house. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody can take that from you as long as you're paying the fucking taxes. You know, as long as you're doing what you need to do. Right? And so... It's so crazy to see this mentality trickle down into the children that then go to school, right? And, you know, they're so worried about Michael Jordan sneakers and they're so worried about this and they're so worried about that that it takes the focus away from their studies. And then we're not teaching them anything when they come home. I remember coming home from school and my mom being like, you know, because Black History Month was every day in my family. There was no, there was no Black History Month. It was every day. Like if my mom just came out the blue and asked me a question, I better have the answer. Because if I didn't have it, I was going to the section of the Encyclopedia Britannica, all the motherfucking um, dictionaries and encyclopedias and shit that your parents had, like, you know, the whole set, you know, very expensive leather binding. And you had to look at the fuck up. We had no Internet. Okay. So, you know, why are you mad? You know, is is a is a is a dual um is like a dueling question for me because it's like on one hand you have a lot of white people that are angry at Jesse Williams for speaking the truth. You have a lot of people that are mad at him because Oh, you know, I saw another one, a black guy. And and this is this is the shit that I'm talking about. I saw a black man say, yeah, he's sitting up there talking about designer brands or whatever, whatever. Did anybody Google what he had on and what he wore? Listen, hater, sit down. You understand what I'm saying? You're just mad that somebody that does not look like you, that actually could be doing a whole bunch of shit because he looks perhaps white or he looks tan, but he chooses to be black. You know, everybody's sitting up there talking about it. What's that fucking lady's name? Rachel Donzie or whatever her name is. She chose to be black. What what does that say to you? And you don't even choose to be black. You have people that are of mixed heritage, which you're still black. Let me be clear on that. But that are saying, I love black women and my mama ain't even black. That that's That's some shit. You know, we come from a nation and a generation of a time when it was, you know, some people thought it was okay to put their hands on a woman. So, like I said, like I told you before, Malcolm X said it, you know, the black woman is the most 
unprotected, disrespected, and I'm, listen, I cannot make this shit up. Y'all think that I just get up on a daily basis and just eat people's faces off. No, no, no. I've been studying and I have knowledge for years and I have personal accounts of shit that's hurtful in the black community, not just for black women, but for black children, not just for black little girls, but for black little boys, things that are hurtful, right? And so I'm trying to stop that, you know, and it's very sad when you meet young ladies that are in their 20s and in their 30s, and you're just like, there's nothing I can do. I have to go further back and try to get the 9-year-olds, the 10-year-olds, the 11-year-olds, the 12-year-olds, the 13-year-olds that are still, you know, have an impression on what they can choose to be in life. You know, you're you going to be a trap queen or you're just going to be a queen, period. You know what I'm saying? You have to have, you know what I'm saying, that difference. And so what I saw in Jesse uh, Williams was the fact that he's sitting there trying to contain himself because he probably wanted to get real niggatized up there. And he didn't do that. He spoke eloquently. It was like I said, it was one of the best speeches that I had heard. But what I don't like is the fact that we attack our own people. If that's what that man fucking feels, let him say it. Y'all don't say shit when DJ Khaled be sitting up there talking about major keys and this, that, and the third, not realizing that y'all are sitting up here chanting shit from French Montana. French Montana was born in fucking Morocco. You understand what I'm saying? Speaks three different fucking languages. We we, we are at a disadvantage because we're only speaking one, some of us. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's all this knowledge out there, and we still choose to waste our time on things that don't matter, things that are not important, instead of, you know, bucking up, doing what he said, and start making it so that we're able to immobilize some of the shit that's going on with us. You know, one of the reasons that O.J. Simpson was such a popular case is because it was the first time that we had seen a black man get off on doing some shit, and he was black. But O.J. wasn't black. O.J. had money. So it's not, it's, it's, it's not, and we all knew, let, let's just keep a G in the black community, we all knew he killed her, right? And that's when we learned what? It's, what you, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Mm-hmm. So we have all these black men sitting in jail, sitting in prison systems. A gentleman just got out of jail not that long ago, was in jail for 40 years for a crime he didn't commit all the DNA switching that was going on down there in Miami. And you want to talk to me about some shit that Donald Trump says, right? Meanwhile, we have a situation where, you know, this is a man that could potentially be the president of the United States. How the fuck did that happen? And you want to tell me that racism doesn't exist? This man is a huge hypocrite, huge. So just that right there, just that right there. You know, and he's talking about, you know, so I I just don't understand what the problem is for white people to hear black people be proud of who they are. Isn't that what you wanted? You wanted us to stay in our lane. You wanted us to, quote, unquote, stay with our own kind. But then when we try to uplift our own kind, now it's a problem and now we're racist. And so I feel that that's bullshit. I don't think that there's anything wrong with what he said. And, you know, that's just like the same thing with that lady. You know, I've seen so much shit. That's why sometimes I have to unplug from the Internet for a while. You know, like you have the heads of um, banks, you know, female. She was the head of uh, something that was going on with Bank of America, and this wasn't the first time. 
right? And so people say, well, what does her having this personal belief have to do with her being able to conduct her job properly? There was a police chief that just got fired because it was found out that he was in the Ku Klux Klan, and he's like, what does me being in a hate group have to do with? Listen, you want to know what it has to fucking do with? It has to do with the fact that how come it is that Ally Financial was sued, for millions and millions of dollars because they were giving black people higher interest rates, okay, on loans than they were giving white people. Didn't even give black people the option, and because we don't know any better, we just accepted the rate. We didn't negotiate. Now, having been in banking and financing for many, many years prior, you know, right before my son was born and then after he was born, you know, it is, it's, it's sad, that you don't know that you can negotiate that rate and say, okay, well, if I have to pay this rate, yeah, I might have to put a little bit more money down, but, but rather that than to get this exuberant, like, we're talking about, like, double what everyone else was paying. They got sued for that. You can Google the shit, Ally Financial, A-L-L-Y. Now, it just so happens that they're actually, you know, that's who I went through to finance my car, but I'm not fucking dumb. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to get to a place where, you know, knowledge is power, you know, and everything that you can absorb, you know, whether it's other people's culture. Sometimes I go and I pay attention to other people's cultures because I'm trying to figure out why the fuck you, you got like that. So when you watch certain things like documentaries about skinheads and documentaries about the Klan and documentaries about the Aryan Nation and things like that, because I don't give a fuck about a movie. I want to see where this shit came from. If you were a little kid, a little white kid, and you grew up in that propaganda, I promise you, you would have turned out just like these people, right? You grow up Amish. Right, and you out in the middle of a cornfield and shit. You understand what I'm saying? And it's only until they get out into the real world and they see that that shit does not work. I watched a documentary, um, I believe it was on Showtime, and it was called Meet the Hitlers. And basically what that was was the negative connotation of that name. And Hitler actually had nephews that were living in the United States, right? It was the last of the bloodline. They, they traced them all the way back to the, the United States. I want to say they were living in, like, uh, New York somewhere. And um, this this documentary guy found him. And then he found six other people that have the same last name. Like the one dude was a Spanish dude. His name was Adolf. Um, then there was a female, a young lady. She went to school. Her name was spelled Hitler, but with two Ts. And then there was another guy living in Germany with the last name Hitler. And then there was like six or seven of them that they did. Now, with that last name, what's so crazy is that the white people a lot of times – were embarrassed about, like Hitler's own family was embarrassed about what their ancestor had done and actually came to America and changed their fucking names so that that name would die, right? So you do realize that when you are out here reproducing and spilling your seeds in women, your name is dying every time that that's not your wife. Your name is dying every time that you have an heir and you don't give it your last name because you're mad at the mom. Right, your your legacy is dying every time she got to go down there and say that y'all don't make enough money to be able to feed your children for twenty years. You are perpetuating a stereotype, and you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. So why are you mad? I don't know why you're mad. Knowledge is power. Make sure you're getting some. I get my daily dose. I strive to learn everything that I can in this in this in this lifetime so that I'm better able to deal with you if I know where you came from. 
So first off, figure out where you come from and then figure out where they come from or whoever comes from, and then maybe we can have a little understanding. So until such time, I don't want to hear a Donald Trump supporter tell me nothing about a, a Jesse Williams. I think he did a superb job, and I appreciate him, and I appreciate any black man that's willing to stand up in the face of adversity and stick up for his culture and stick up for his women, no different than any other race would. And with that, I'm out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.